0: Uh, We are continuing our series lessons from the desert place and I want to talk uh, about uh, what it looks like to cultivate a devotional life that sustains us through the desert places, which is why we're in my study today. Uh, We are doing this series looking at these lessons that we can learn during times that are disorientating times of pressure or when we're feeling perplexed or stressed or angst, whatever, all that stuff that we're going through as a culture right now and probably will go through for a number of years. This may be somewhat of a new normal in terms of what our culture feels like. Um, and the desire that we have is that, you know, at the end of Song of Solomon's it says, who is this coming out of the desert leaning on their lover? That actually would be formed in such a way during this time that we would come out of the desert with a deeper intimacy, a renewed intimacy with our Heavenly Father. Uh, And so if the desert time is a uh, call to anything, it's a call to prayer, to cultivate a deeper interior life with Jesus. And all of the subjects that we've looked at over the last number of weeks, um, really the application point is prayer, is spending time with Jesus. We grieve with maturity when we bring our losses into his presence and process them with him. We learn to rest as we come into his presence and he heals us from our drivenness and from our identity that's caught up in what we produce, not in whose we are we're sanctified as we spend time with him. We become like the people we hang out with. And so spending time with Jesus enables us to be sanctified, to become more like him. It's as we spend time in his presence that we can cultivate a soul that's filled with a deeper love, joy and peace. The desert time often will expose uh, how full of ourselves we are. Because the desert time often empties us. It empties us of all of these things and humbles us. And the gift of the desert place is humbled and emptied so that we can be filled with him more and more. Um, Bob Sorge, in this beautiful book I've been reading, called The Secrets of the Secret Place, says this, The wisest thing you'll ever do in this life is to draw close to God and to seek him with all of your heart. And so in this last of our mini-series on lessons from the desert place, before we go into a series looking at the cross and reflections on the cross as we head towards Easter, uh, I want to talk very practically around what it can look like, look like for us to have a deeper devotional life at this time. And in particular, I want to lean into one tool that I think is incredibly helpful and actually call us as a church for the next four weeks to commit to using this tool together uh, to walk in unity and and I'll unpack that in a second. But uh, over the years there's been a number of things that uh, have become clear in my own journey with cultivating a de- de- devotional life and as we've navigated and built this culture within our church, there are four things that can really hinder us from uh, having this deeper life with Jesus that we actually all long to have and we all want to have, but it's, it's a tough, it's the place the enemy's going to attack the hardest. And four things in particular I think we've got to work through. Firstly is our image of God. If we think that God is just going to tell us off when we go hang out with him, then, of course, we're not going to want to hang out with him. Or if we think that we've got to reach a certain threshold of goodness before we can uh, approach a holy God, then, again, we're we're going to spend our lives distant from him. Before we do anything, we need to accept that he is He's kind and merciful and the perfect place to go when we're feeling broken and messy and sinful and ashamed and weary and all the rest of it. He's the place that we go to. Um, uh, Dain C. Ortland in his beautiful book, Gentle and Lonely, uh, Lonely says this before uh, when you come to Christ. For mercy and love and help in your anguish and perplexity and sinfulness, you are going with the flow of his own deepest wishes, not against them. So when you run to him, like how can you get clean? Well, you got to run to the one who can make you clean. I've said this many times that your sin propel you towards God, not away from him. And as we do that, we actually come to realize he is indeed the God of grace and mercy. And he pours out, he cleanses us as we come into his uh, presence. And uh, it's the safest, the best place to go when we're feeling messy and messed up as we run to, and we boldly approach the throne of grace in our time of need. And so uh, this, I think, is a crucial element to us wanting to go to spend time with God is is coming to believe in uh, in his goodness and kindness and and seeing him for who he is. We're not um, we're not uh, told off. Into whole and, and subsequently walk into holiness. We're actually loved into holiness. We're loved into holiness as we come into the presence of holy love. That's what spurs us on to change uh, and to le- lead lives that are more filled with more integrity and righteousness. So, the first thing is that we need to work through our image of God. Secondly, is, the big thing is we feel like we don't have the time. That most of us, are like, oh man, we've got so much pressure on our time. And uh, I know that was something I wrestled with, young family. Church, funny, you know, in ministry, it's like you think that it'd be like oh, you guys get easy. You, your job is to pray. So I know the pressures and all the literally, it feels like a bottomless pit of to do lists. I just I can never do enough in a week. Just to down top of it, and so I can just go, go, go. And many pastors just go, 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 all the whole time, and it's actually doing the stuff for Jesus that robs us of spending our time with Jesus. It's an occupational hazard. It's very real. Uh, but whatever job or life we may find ourselves with, we often feel like we don't have the time. And what's been incredible over the last number of years as we've done this uh, accountability through upper click. So over the last three years, uh, every reason as to why we don't have time has been uttered by someone. Uh, and they feel very legitimate. Um, but the amazing thing is that those same people, if they commit to that journey of gentle accountability to one another to cultivate a devotional life, overcome those uh, those self-perceived limitations of our time and discover the beautiful life found in Jesus. And actually what we've discovered is it's not about whether we have enough time. It's actually about what our priorities are. We all have the same amount of time, but it's how we prioritize our time. And for the follower of Jesus, it's coming to this mindset that it's like, Prayer and our secret life with Jesus and our interior walk with Him is the number one priority. John 15, abide, remain in Him. Like that's where all the fruit in life comes from. And so, therefore, I orientate my life around that priority rather than try to squeeze it or bolt it in to have already uh, overstretched and filled, overfilled life. So, our image of God, the lack of time. The third thing is we lack discipline. If we're really honest, Then we we, we struggle with this as a discipline in our lives. Now, the reality is that for most of us, we've grown up in in an environment that has not had really any intentional discipleship, particularly around a devotional practice. And therefore, we are a product of that lack of discipleship. And we're trying, the church at the moment uh, around the world is trying to change that narrative so that we build once more discipleship cultures into our churches, which is definitely what we're focused on here at Bay Vineyard. Um, But it's important just to own that you know if we don't have these disciplines in place and like i'm a creative i'm more visionary i'm not a disciplined sort of person but i've come to pursue these practices and these rhythms in my life because actually i want to walk into maturity with jesus and rather than just accept the immaturity of my lack of discipline is to commit myself to put these things in place so that i grow in maturity and uh, and that will see me flourish and see me uh, seem to become alive in God. And indeed it does. His promises are all true. But it takes time to do that. Uh, and so that's why we invite people in our church to be held gently accountable to having these disciplines in place in their life. It's the best decision that you could ever make. So our image of God, our, our the priorities of our time and the disciplines in our lives are three. The fourth thing that hinders us is we actually don't know how to, how to have a decent, quiet time. And so like, oh, what do you got to do? Read your Bible, pray some prayers, Maybe, I don't know, listen to some worship music or something. We just haven't really known, like, what are the tools? Now, I can't, I mean, we've literally got um, so much material on our home church resources. Uh, you know uh, building a devotional life deepening a devotional life the prayer courses from 24 7 we're trying to just serve our church so here's the tools that you can use uh, and and literally on the screen uh, i've got a slide here with all the different tools that you can use to um to build a devotional life but i want to speak into one that's that's truly life-changing that's really changed my life but it's one that's been seriously underutilized in most charismatic Pentecostal churches and that's using set prayers. Liturgical pray, liturgical prayers. Prayers that have been written by other people. Um, and this has totally transformed my um, prayer life. Five or four years ago or so, I can't remember, when, a while ago, uh, me and Jen went to uh, a prayer school. Led by a guy called Brian Zahn that we quote often as a brilliant author, pastor, and um, and he led this prayer school talking about his own journey navigating through a charismatic Pentecostal kind of upbringing and world and pastoring in that space and then discovering the beauty and the depth and set prayers and how that changed his prayer life. So I want to pro- I want to play a, a, a little excerpt from an interview he did where he talked about this, but I'm going to jump him partway through to underline a little bit. But he gives a bit of a summary around around how this can be helpful
1: we have communicated that you ought to pray but we've not taught anybody how to pray or what to pray prayer remains this kind of abstract mm-hmm. ambition and when people try to pray they find they're not equipped to do it they don't know what to do and most of the time they end up feeling like a failure so the prayer becomes this giant cesspool of guilt when what we should have done is given them the prayers if we don't trust any prayers that are outside of ourselves then we never rise up any higher than our own self. Hmm. And I've learned that angry people pray angry prayers, greedy people pray greedy prayers, fearful people pray fearful prayers, and on it goes. If you want to go beyond that, you need some sort of structure. You need prayers that are wiser than you are. Mm-hmm. I needed prayers that were mm-hmm. better than I could pray on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, it says in, at the end of Acts chapter two, Mm. Uh, recounting the day of Pentecost, that when it was all said and done, the church then began to devote itself to four things, to, to uh, the apostles' doctrine, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. Now, King mm. James and then later New King James translated it as prayer. They, did both of them, they devoted themselves to prayer, which is an abstract concept. Mm. But that's not what it says. The text is the definite article, prayers, plural. Now, if I say devote yourself to prayer, you think, well, you know, I'll give it a go. Give it my best shot. See what I can do. Yeah. But if I say devote yourself to the prayers, your next question is going to be what prayers? Yeah. And then we say, well, I'm glad you asked. We have some
0: prayers. Let me quickly jump in here. Zan is sp- Bot on. Like a number of years ago, I was like, really? It says the prayers? And I open up my Bible, it says divide themselves to prayer. He's right. Now, this taps into um, the choices that scholars make when they have to decide on how do they interpret uh, Greek words into English so that the author's intent is communicated. And that's why you've got different translations. And so like in the ESV, it does say the prayers, a far more literal translation. Uh, But jumping into the Greek... Uh, 100% he's right, definitive article before prayers, the, the the Greek word there is used for the word the prayers, Uh, and so, uh, and actually it taps into what Jesus did when the disciples asked him, so how how do we pray, because they grew up in a prayer culture, but then they're looking at Jesus praying, and it was like, there's so much, there's so much more depth here, and Jesus didn't just say, hey, go with the vibe, I'm just kind of, he's like, no, he gives them a prayer to pray. And, uh, and the idea was that that would be used to riff off, but it's to shape our own prayer life. But let me uh, hand back to Zanin and continue.
1: I even tell people when when you can't pray, at least say your prayers. Now I know that pushes back on the concept of evangelical authenticity. And I believe in that, but I just know there are times when it seems like you know, Coming up with my own prayer is, is a near impossibility, it's, and that's when the prayers can carry me over that yeah. difficult period of time. Mm-hmm. Christianity, for example, is a received faith. Mm-hmm. I don't get to make it up. Yeah. It's, now I, I have my own personal experience in it, but I don't invent it. Mm. It's handed to me. It's entrusted to me. I'm invited into it. So he. They say, here is the Christian faith. Jesus is at the center of it, and I'm invited into it. I have my personal experience with it, but I didn't get to make it up. Yeah. And part of the Christian faith includes some confessions, some prayers, a, a, a canonical text. And what I've done with prayer school is simply teach people the value and how to use a morning liturgy hmm. of prayer. Liturgy mm-hmm. is... You know, it, it's, a, it's a Greek word that's in the Bible, means work of the people. Sometimes it gets translated worship or ministry to the Lord. I think of it as a track that in the morning when I arrive to the place of prayer, I like it that there's a track mm-hmm. for me to go down. I, I know what I need to do rather than, you know, how do I feel? How do I get started? What do I say today? Mm-hmm. I have my track of prayer. Mm-hmm. Or I think of it as a lattice, you know, that you would find in a garden uh, that which is alive is the, the plant, the climbing vine, the tomatoes or whatever that, that would use that. Uh, the, the lattice is simply a framework. So when people say, well, I don't like a liturgy, it's dead. I say, well, that's, that's an illogical statement. Uh, l- liturgy is neither dead nor alive. It's either true or false. What's alive is the person praying. Yes. If you get a live person praying a true liturgy, that's where the possibility of transformation is found.
0: That's a big line. If you get a live person praying a true liturgy, that's where the possibility of transformation is found. So this changes our whole mentality around prayer, around the bizarre kind of thought of somehow I'm going to tell God what he should be doing, which of course we bring our petitions to God. And in a second, I'm going to unpack. I'm sorry, I'm not going to mess here. I'm going to unpack um, how, how our own prayers get shaped within the context of some set prayers. But actually, prayer is primarily about my own formation. And I love the, um, a number of years ago, as we went to that, I then, uh, me and Jim began to use these prayers in our own prayer life. And it was so life-changing. Now, uh, I'll do it for a season and then I'll try other tools uh, because, uh, again, I don't want to get into some religious rut or anything. But I want a whole lot of tools that I can use and the Spirit can lead me in terms of what's just gonna be, help me stay deeply connected to Jesus through different seasons. But at the start of this year, as I just had the sense, I wanna go deeper in my own prayer life. I came back to praying these set prayers. And so every morning um, have been working through these set prayers and uh, again, seeing prayer as much about my own formation as it is about um, bringing these requests to God and um and to pray prayers that are wiser and deeper and richer and more beautiful than i can pray i love that zan thing of rising above myself about my own natural prayers and so uh, i found it so incredibly helpful so um the challenge that i want to put before us the weirdo i want to lay down to us as a church uh, is let's commit to pray over the next four weeks between now and easter on weekdays so not every day but let's commit to pray a, set, a liturgy a set a, a, a set prayer rhythm every morning um, between now and easter uh, and if you're up for that then the pdf that uh, of the prayers that we'll use um, uh, is there ready to download we're going to email it to you we're going to try and make it nice and easy uh, for you to engage with you can um, it's a pdf i would encourage you to print it um, rather than have it on a screen because the danger is that you will uh, get distracted very quickly but to work through these set prayers now let me um just go through some of this and then we'll come into land uh, i found these uh, such um, a deepening experience as i pray these prayers couple of top tips number one coffee is uh, important and helpful i'm not a morning person uh, and so uh, on tuesday wednesday thursday when i get up early to pray on mondays and fridays i do it mid-morning um I need coffee. And so that's helpful. Um, And having an environment that is conducive to prayer. Um, And I love that many of our upper clickers are getting up or trying to get up before the kids to just spend this time with the Lord Uh, and therefore going to bed a bit earlier. Again, orientating their life around prayer rather than trying to bolt it in there somewhere. Um, And so as I get coffee, kind of come down into my office just to start with these prayers. Again, if you pray them with an alive heart, it's awesome. So tip number one, coffee. Number two, say them out loud. Now, obviously, I've got Eli's room literally behind me here, so uh, I I mumble them. Um, But the the Reason I do that is because I can think four times faster than I can speak, and so when I speak them, it slows me down, and helps me sink into the words, so that I'm not just doing them as a religious disconnect, in a religious disconnected way. So I mumble these prayers. But here's I'm just going to rip through some of the prayers that we've got in the set prayer uh, for our church. Um, here's the opening prayer: Father God, Creator of heaven and earth. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God of Israel, God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, true and living God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, have mercy and hear our prayer. Like I'm not praying that sort of prayer from shooting from the hip. But when you stop and like get into that, that's monstrous. God, Father, sit to pray. Father God, Creator of heaven and earth. And then God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, this taps into my spiritual fucker puppet. God and Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the tr- Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, have mercy and hear our prayer. What an opening, what an opening prayer. Can you see how beautiful this can be? And then, uh, now let me just rip through uh, this. Uh, then, praying through Psalm 27, uh, one thing I want is I want to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and to gaze upon his beauty. Now, at the end of that, says pause and be still so again we're not trying to rush through this trying to get into the space we're praying these deep prayers from our heart and so we pray that and then we just be still for maybe 30 seconds or something all right then we come to confession and we, we we start with the jesus prayer lord jesus christ son of god have mercy on me and then we pray the prayer of confession that we often pray but you know what's beautiful most merciful god we confess so as we pray this, we're pushing back against that uh, Western individualism. And, and it's like, no, I'm praying this. And I'm pr- and I'm hoping that there'll be a whole stack of us. Oh, this morning, there's a whole tribe of us from Bay Vineyard praying. And we confess that we've sinned against you. There's a communal side of it. And we go through that uh, prayer of confession. Uh, and then we begin to pray some prayers of sanctification, which, again, these are about shaping and forming us and praying prayers. This is who I want to be, God. And so we're praying through Colossians 3. Help me to be a person, clothed with compassion and kindness and humility. And above all these virtues I put on love. Lord, help me to walk in your love. A love that is patient and kind. And so we pray through 1 Corinthians 13. And then we pause and be still. Can you imagine the power of praying that every day? What that's going to do in terms of God answering that prayer to shape you? Uh, Then into the prayer of St. Francis. As Luke said last week, a prayer for our times. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. I'm not a victim here. I want to be an, actually an instrument of your peace and where there's hatred, let me so love and that beautiful prayer of St. Francis and then to pause and to be still. And then uh, some time to pray for your family and that may be um, you know, your kids and your wife or that may be your brothers and sisters and your parents or that may be um, the community that's, that's like family to you. Uh, and I've been doing this every day as part of my um, set prayers this year and it's been good for me because I'm like, Uh, you know as a father I'm like I should be praying for my kids but unless there's a real crisis I probably don't too much so every day this year Lord I lift Eli to you I pray blessing over him may he have rich friendships at school Lord thank you for Judah Lord I just pray that you'll just you'll meet with him and that he'll know you and thank you for little Asher and all the joy he brings and how cheeky he is and and may he just delight himself in you and bring peace into his heart and I pray for my wife Jen um and then I pray Lord fix it no (laughs) joke Uh, pray for my wife and i pray for my family and that's um lovely and then to come out of that to pray um through psalm 23 the lord is my shepherd i lack nothing he makes me lie down in green pastures and again working our way through psalm 23 and then pausing to be still and then we to pray the Lord's prayer again. What did Jesus say to his disciples when they like teach us how to pray? He's like, hey, "This is the prayer." So again, this is an ancient prayer. And what's incredible? We we start with our Father, you know. So it's not my Father; it's our Father. So as we pray this together as a church over these next four weeks that it's like, I pray this and I pray it with a whole bunch of my church family that are praying this right now. And most likely I'm praying with thousands of other people somewhere in the world, praying that very prayer. That's pretty moving. And then, um, and you can either just pray it as it's written or you can riff off it. So our Father who art in heaven, thank you that you're in that heavenly dimension. Thank you that, that you rule and reign hallowed be thy name i worship you you're worthy of my worship you are lord open my eyes to see you in your glory and blah 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 so you can riff off that if you want or you can just pray as it is depending on your time and then we move into a time of petition and intercession this is where we bring to god the stuff that's on our list This, this is what lord your provision lord i need your provision here or lord i long to see breakthrough here or lord this tricky thing at work or lord um, whatever it may be that, that that's um, uh, you're wrestling with or going through you lift to God what's in your heart and this time you can pray in tongues as well so again this is the charismatic and the contemplative kind of spilling in together just a time of just intercession of just praying in tongues if you've got that gift and then uh, for the next four weeks we've got some specific prayers for Bay Vineyard and those are prayers Lord that would you hold us together in unity let our love for one another grow so again we're just praying for our church community pour out your spirit upon us we ask for your provision for a building I've been praying that every Every day as I've been doing my set prayers, I'd love it for the next four weeks, a whole tribe of us are praying, Lord, we just need you, we want your provision. We just pray for a building and Lord, form us into a bride that reflects your love into the world. And then some time of just sitting with Jesus and you may want to set a timer. There's a time just to be still with him. And just to be in his presence for two or three minutes or for 30 seconds or whatever it may be finish with a prayer of thanksgiving which is a, i'm going to pray in a second uh, as we close our service and then the closing prayers are inviting the holy spirit that the holy spirit would fill us afresh as we go into our day come now and fill me afresh with your life and with your power um, and give me a fresh revelation of the heavenly father's love for me and then we pause and we're still asking the holy spirit to fill us on monday mornings i pray outside um, mid-morning and um Jim was at Pilates and praying through that bit and uh, and just felt the Holy Spirit just begin to fill me and so uh, I just began, I, I, when, when things start happening for me I've got to start walking around so I was just walking around the, the lawn just on the garden, just sensing the Holy Spirit just ministering and filling me and uh, just lovely, uh, again, so pray that prayer with a sense of expectation. And then we're praying a dangerous prayer, one that Terry uh, has been praying. Lord, use me today. Help me to be obedient to the promptings of your spirit and that I may be a person who you can use to advance your kingdom. Uh, And so as we uh, finish prayers, we're just saying, Lord, I want to be used by you today. Help me journey through this day with a deep awareness of your loving presence. And then we finish with the mystery. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Amen. So that doesn't, I mean... I hope it's not just me, but that I just find it myself so moved as I engage with those prayers. They're way better than anything I could pray. Plus, I get to riff off and have my own prayers. But as I said, I'm like I'm buttressed by this. There's a track that I've got that helps me to pray, and um, and this helps me move from a place of fear and anger, which is what we're swimming in in our world. Prayer is about letting God do shape something within us we were formed through contemplative prayer to see the world through God's eyes of love this how this this is the only way that we can by by pr- deep prayers that shapes us to so we can see the world through God's eyes of love and so we've said this for a number of years now our dream is that Bay vineyard would be a, a charismatic contemplative church So primarily as we gather corporately, it's charismatic with contemplative and liturgical bits spilling in. But our devotional lives would actually be primarily contemplative and liturgical with a bit of charismatic thrown in there as well. For me, that's where I found such depth and abundant life in my Christian journey and my desire to follow Jesus. So the challenge is that this, uh, for the next four weeks, uh, you would join me and our team in praying these prayers every day just on the weekdays. And uh, if you're up for doing that, download the PDF, but also you'll see a link where you sign up saying, yes, I'm going to do this. It's a form of commitment that you're making. I'm going to do my best to do this over the next four weeks as we go into Easter. And if you sign up, then you'll become, we'll have an email database of people that are doing that. And I'm going to send an email once a week, just encouraging us as we take that journey together. And I think this will bring enormous unity to our hearts as we pray these prayers together. But more importantly, it's going to shape and form us in a very deep way. And I'm hoping a whole lot of us will fall in love with the whole story of praying that many of us in the charismatic um, Pentecostal world just have neglected uh, to, to, to our de- detriment for many, many years, that would restore this beautiful tool, this beautiful way of praying that's been there since the start. It's in Acts 2, it's how Jesus taught them to pray. They had the Psalms, they had their prayer books, they had all these prayers that we can then tap into that same richness there uh, and find so much life there. So uh, that's the challenge. I'm hoping that you'll sign up for that and be part of that let me pray as we finish and uh, and then we'll uh then we'll go from there but let's uh, pray together uh, well i'm going to pray this on, on our behalf the prayer of thanksgiving again a rich prayer it's part of this um this set, uh, bunch of set, set prayers that we have for you let's pray almighty god father of all mercies we your unworthy servants give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and all whom you have made We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life. But above all, for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ. For the means of grace and for the hope of glory.